Castro and you're watching Leaders with a Mission and if you've ever suffered from anxiety and you would like to do something about it and fix that then this show is for you. Let me introduce you to someone who can help. Patty Fonsalida is a woman with a mission to free people from anxiety. She helps people awaken to their full potential. A hypnotherapist, Reiki master, quantum energy work healer, breathwork instructor and mindset coach that has helped thousands of clients take back control of their lives in a fulfilling way that honors their mission, soul, and purpose. And with you, Patty. Hi, Diana. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Oh, thank you for coming and hanging out with us. Of course. So I wanted to ask you about a little bit of a backstory, how you ended up here helping people heal their anxiety. I think that like a lot of people who have a lot of passion for their field, I ended up going into this because I was a kid with anxiety. Like my anxiety started around age 10. I'm a transplant, right? Like I moved here to the United States when I was 10. And that triggered uh, the beginnings of some stress and, you know, some nervousness and some anxiety, for lack of a better word, really, that escalated over time, right? And, you know, when I was growing up, starting at the age of 14, I went to see a whole bunch of different people to see if I could get better, right? And although some stuff would help just a little bit, it was temporary fixes and I never really got better. So I decided like, all right, like I guess this is just who I am now until by complete accident, out of curiosity, doing something for fun, I tripped over hypnosis. I did a hypnosis session and overnight, my life was completely different. And that's when it clicked for me. And I was like, oh, I get it this is the path that I was supposed to follow because I had studied psychology and I was like, mm, como que it doesn't really, it, it doesn't fit in my head. Um, and then once I had that experience by chance from the universe, obviously, um, I met somebody who was teaching a certification in hypnosis literally the next week. And yeah. I signed up and I was like, well, of course that's the door. And that's where it started. But it was, it was a journey to find myself healing and structure where I felt good and I felt confident and I felt like I was actually back to being myself. I love that. And I mean, you didn't stop there, like Reiki and like all of this energy work and breath. So how are you incorporating all of these techniques to help people navigate through anxiety? So in my experience, and I've been doing this for about 15 years now, and I started strictly with hypnosis, but in my experience, we are multi-bodied humans, right? We have physical experiences, emotional experiences, mental, and we also have spiritual experiences. And a lot of times when we heal something in one body, the other bodies are ignored. So I started opening other doors. You know, my first, my next door was Reiki um, because my mentor practiced Reiki. And I was like, all right, let's see what this is all about. And then that opened up into doing breath work and it opened up into other types of coaching. And that's how I've managed to bring everything together. And I know, I know you do events around this so that what, you know, some people might think, oh, this is something I have to do one to one on one. Um, what made you kind of dive into like events, something that is a little bit more um, creating a culture around it? In the work, when, when I work one on one with a client, a lot of things change. The way that they speak changes, the way that they relate to their environment changes. 
And a lot of times that creates some, fi some friction with their family members or with their work because they're showing up in a different way, right? So some of the tactics that worked before in relations didn't, don't work anymore, right? So a lot of times the benefit of the work is that you feel better. One of the downsides is that at the beginning, while you're getting into it and you're really making it your own, you start feeling isolated, right? Because the people around you are speaking a completely different language than you, and you start feeling weird. So I started doing groups for two reasons. Like, first of all, I want to make a bigger impact, right? And one-on-one, -on -one, I'm one human, you know, I live in the 3D plane, so I can only see a certain number of people and my impact is limited. But in a group setting, it's different, right? So that's like the, one of the reasons. And then the second reason is what I just said community so that my clients don't feel lost. When you go to like one of my events, it's like 90% my clients, right? Because they just want other people that speak the way that they speak and they want to connect. And that's what I love doing the most. Honestly, like at this point when I do retreats, big groups, I love it. What is it about it? And I love to tap into this because I am all about like what makes your body kind of like light up. What is it about it that like sparks your soul when you're doing this? There's a moment when you can see it in their face where it clicks and they're like, oh, I actually have the power to change this and I'm not alone. And that moment, seriously, like goosebumps, like I have goosebumps now talking about it, right? Like it just chokes me up because that's how I felt. The minute that it clicked in my head, I was like, oh, I've been beating my head against the wall for no reason for over a decade. And there's this path that laid out perfectly for me that made sense to me and that changed my life. And that moment is priceless because you know they're never coming back from that. Like it's, they're there, you know? So let me dive a little bit back into what was your, per everyone's personal experience of anxiety is so different. Yeah. How severe was your anxiety? Like I want to know exactly what was that experience in your body? Like what was it for you? It varied over time. Like when I was a kid, it was very, you know, just nervousness and people would introduce me as, this is Patty, she's shy, right? And it wasn't that I was shy, I was terrified of people, you know? So in a group setting, I would just shut down and have like this glazed look. And it wasn't because I didn't want to engage, I didn't know how, because it was, it was intense. I felt like a big, big pressure on me. But as I got older, I felt insecure in a lot of ways because of the anxiety, because I didn't feel like I was social enough. Um, so I compensated, you know, I compensated in a way that a lot of adolescents do with drinking too much and, you know, doing things that I wasn't really supposed to be doing, um, until that hit a wall and that wasn't working enough. And I knew that there was something else that I needed to do. And then as I got older and I started working, it became paralyzing. Like I remember one of the peak moments in my anxiety was in graduate school, I was needing to do a presentation and I I don't remember what class it was, but I was doing statistics. I was doing a presentation in statistics. It was a group project and it was my turn to deliver like my 25% of the presentation. And it just like, boop, just like fainted in front of my class. And that was terrifying. And then when I started working, I went to a networking event with like hundreds of people and somebody introduced themselves. And all I could do was just like stare because I heard buzzing in my ears and I couldn't hear what they were saying. And in my head, I was like, oh, I'm deaf. I literally can't hear. And these wow. people are going to think I'm stupid because I'm not responding. Wow. Right? So it was intense. Intense. So I know that when we spoke, because we, um, I was talking with you about creating a project and 
um, you you told me your story and I was so touched. I started crying. I was like, oh my God, this is life-changing. And something that I remember you mentioning was that you you did therapy after therapy after therapy, like, and you you had accepted that this was your normal. Um, what was that moment like for you when you actually got to that realization? Like, tell, tell me about that experience. What happened? I got depressed um, because it, to me in my head in that moment, it meant that I was going to be medicated for the rest of my life. And I didn't like it, you know, because I, not, not that I have anything against medication. I think medication is great in a lot of settings, but to me, I felt like I had failed at something. You know, like I did something wrong. And maybe it was, um, I don't know, I didn't study hard enough. Or maybe it was that I really am shy. Or maybe it was that I drank too much. And like I had created this whole experience, this result for myself. So I was depressed for a long time after that. I never did take the medication. <laughs> I took it for like two months and I forgot, <laughs> you know. Wow. So actually finding hypnotherapy was life-changing. It was life-changing. Yeah, when I was a kid, like I had a couple of suicide attempts. Wow. Yeah. Like young, like 13 and 15. What would you say to any parent that is probably currently experiencing something like that with their kids or even someone who's whatever age that they want to, they want answers, they want something. What would you tell them like that they could do right now so that you can support them? Well, two things like as far as the parental mindset, you need to know that there are an infinite number of doors that you can walk through to find a solution. A lot of us are programmed to just check these three things, you know, go to talk therapy, go to a psychiatrist, and maybe, I don't know, something else like meditate, right? Um, but there's so many doors and some of those doors are weird. Like hypnosis is weird. You know, there's still taboo around it. There's, it doesn't fail. Like once a week, somebody will be like, are you gonna make me do something I don't wanna do? Like, that's not a thing, right? Like, I mean, that might Am I gonna be walking like a chicken in my house? Like, <laughs> that comes up a lot, right? And that's, that's, it's a myth. It's not really what hypnotists that are dedicated to doing hypnotism do, right? That's more stage stuff. But like, that's number one, is keep your mind open and try everything. Try, seriously, go to shaman, whatever works, because you don't know what's gonna work for your kid, right? So that's number one. And then number two is, for the people who are actually struggling with it, besides the try every door, it's also know that there is a way out. This whole like stamp of you're doomed, that's not a thing. It's harmful if we feed that thought, you know, because everything is mind patterns. What are we subjected to? Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say is like, there is possibility as long as you don't give up. As long as you keep curious, as long as you don't accept that as your, like, this is it. This is the way I have to exist. Take it as feedback. You know, this is what's going on for you right now. Because mm. right now is it's when you're here, you have a lot of power to make decisions, to make changes. And changes are hard. It's hard. Like, I see my clients struggle. I struggle. Setting boundaries? Holy smokes. That was hard. But... There's things that you can do, and the stronger that you feel, little by little, it's baby steps, the bigger the result. And then you take ownership back. You take back control, which is what, what this is all about. Well, you're always in control. 
You take back the, you know, you give up the illusion that you don't there have you it. Go. There you go. Yeah. I love that because it's all about perspective. It really is. So let's talk about now. What is it that you are currently doing to, to take that support to the next step for people who are, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to take back what I have laid out as, as something that I lost. What is next for people? Like, what have you created that, that could support them? Well, two things. Um, because of what's been going on with the pandemic, like you call anybody that works in mental health or in coaching, they'll tell you that everybody's swamped, right? And that includes me. So one of the things that we decided to create this year is to make this something that you can do on your own. Because hypnosis is not magic. It's amazing, but it's not magic. You can yourself create the environment for this to work, right? And at the end of the day, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. I can't hypnotize you to do something that is not within your own compass, right? So if I'm going to hypnotize you, you're the one that's actually leading. I'm just painting the picture, right? I'm the tour guide. So I'm putting the course online, like literally the homework assignments, the everything, the lessons, I'm putting it online because I, I don't have the bandwidth to reach more people, you know? And on top of that, next year, I want to train coaches and therapists in doing this like very specific step-by-step -step method that I've come up with that works. I love it. Yeah. And let's demystify because I, I really love that idea that you said hip hypnosis could feel really like taboo for some people. Yeah. Tell, like, from someone who does this, from someone who's doing it to help people, from someone who's been through it, what, what is it? Let, like, let's take the veil out of... Yeah. It's definitely not like in the movies, right? It looks like it looks in the movies. Like, there literally is somebody sitting in front of you saying, your legs are getting heavy, right? Your breath is slowing down, and you're starting to feel more and more relaxed, right? Like, that happens. That's, that's a real thing. You'll see that in the movies, right? But the part that's not real and the part that I think um, causes a little bit of harm is in the results, right? Hypnosis is not this state where you're under and all of a sudden you're like, ooh, I'm hypnotized. Like that's not a thing, right? You're, you're not going to get to a place where you know you're hypnotized. Chances are at the very beginning, like maybe the first session, the first couple of practices, your mind is going to be more like, Mm, you're doing this wrong. I don't think you're hypnotized. No, I don't. No, because you're still thinking about math. What are you doing? Right? So your brain is still active. That's not a thing. So think of it like this. Your brain operates based on brain waves, right? And brain, the higher the brain wave, the more active the brain is. So right now, you and I are on beta brain waves, right? So it's, there's a lot of cycles per second. This information moving through the brain at a very rapid pace. If I want to tell you, Diana, just relax at this brainwave, it's going to go in one ear and out the other, right? Because there's too many things going on. And you also have filters about, I don't know how to relax and I have this thing and I'm anxious. So all of that thing is going to ignore what I'm saying. But if I relax the brain from beta into theta, that's where the guards that are at the door are asleep. They're not there. They went out to lunch and then the information can actually get in. Right? And it's think of theta as your brain being at about a quarter of the speed that you're in right now. And we go into it naturally. When you go to sleep, that moment where your body's like, and you're like, oh, am I here? Is that noise in my dreams? Is it really in my house? That's theta. 
right? You're starting to let go of control. Kids are in it 24-7 until about the age of six. That's how come they can learn so many things, right? So it's not magic. It's just slow down enough that what I'm telling you is going into the unconscious. That's beautiful. And when you say it's not magic, I'm like, it is magic. <laughs> it feels magical because seriously, it's like this, the results that you see. So it's, from what I'm understanding, it's, it's allowing the brain to come to a state where the gates open so that we can reprogram certain patterns so that we can like read and, and, and see the world in a different light. Yeah. yeah? Okay, cool. Yeah. Got it. So... I love that we're going into this because I understand the, the hypnotherapy part. Um, do you currently use, when people work one-on-one -on -one with you, all of the other methodologies alongside uh, hip hypnosis? Okay. Yeah. It depends on what we're working with. There's, you know, the body holds memories too. You know, you have 70 trillion cells and each one of them knows where you've been. You know, they know what you've been through. So a lot of times we can heal the mind and we can heal the emotions that go with, with the thoughts, but the body will still stop you. You know, like you'll be calm and you'll be good, but then a trigger will come that the body will recognize that the mind won't even catch. I mean, the mind always catches it, right? But the body's the one that don't react. So for that, we use Reiki or we use breath work because it's very effective in helping people move through, specifically with trauma. Let me ask you another question that is, is part of this, what we do here, and that is, um, what is your definition of leadership? In my experience, the leaders that I have appreciated the most in my life have been the ones that get in the trenches with you. You know, the ones not necessarily that like show you what to do, but that will be right there like, okay, my hand is your hand. Let's do this together. Let's get dirty together. And that they give you honest feedback. You know, to me, leadership is taking ownership of it. Beautiful. Yeah. And one last question must must ask what are books or leaders or messengers in your life that had inspired you like can you give us a little bit of like tell us who has planted seeds in your brain and where so have you gotten many, them at so many so many a lot of the work that i do um is inspired by teachers that you would know like eckhart tolle to me, the power of now is like the Bible. Like once you can actually understand that book, life takes a completely new meaning. And all the work that Joe Dispenza, Greg Braden, and Bruce Lipton have done, to me when I read Bruce Lipton's uh, Biology of Belief 20 years ago, everything clicked. I was like, oh, this makes so much sense to me. So I've tried to incorporate all of those things that I've, th that I've come across into the work that I do. I'm like obsessed with neurology and all of that stuff. Neurosciences. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank yeah. you for that. So can you share with us where can people find you? Where can we um, get more of you? Sure. So the easiest is going to be my Instagram. I'm super active. So it's my name. It's at Patty Fuenzalida or on my website, coralgableshypnosis.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was fun. I love you. I love you. And for those of you who are looking to make an impact and lead with intention, I'm going to ask you to please visit us at fourproductions.com and I'll see you next time.